Amen. Okay, so we have kind of winding down to the end of Ruth, guys. It's so exciting. Um, okay, so 1999, I know some of you were not alive, but 1999, I was dating Chris Porter. So here is my family. Here we are. Um, so I'm dating my husband. I lived in Ohio. He lived in Virginia. His family's from Charlotte. So our plan was he's going to come up to Ohio for a couple days, then I drive down with him, and then I fly home. And so I just have always loved um, like dark hair and blue eyes, and I have the blue eyes. So I was like, I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to color my hair. It's going to be this beautiful auburn. I had great plans. So I get a box, you know, because I was on staff with crew, which meant I made zero money. So I'm like, I got this. So I do, my, and I played around with my hair a lot. So I, I color my hair late at night, and I was like, this is a horrible, horrible mistake. And so it's like red. It was so, it was so horrible. So I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So I call the Clairol hotline, and they're like, you gotta wait like 24 hours. You can't do anything. I'm like, my boyfriend will be here in like 12 hours. I can't wait 24. So they, um, so they were like, we can't help you, ma'am. I'm sorry. So I go get a, I go get a temporary wash and put this, like I kind of take some of the red out that was so bad on me and it was kind of streaky. So I like have now this dark, it was really weird. So Chris came to the door the next day and I had a hat on and he hugs me and he's like, why are you wearing a hat? I'm like, I just want to make sure you still love me before you see what I've done. And he did. So then, the, like, we're there for two days. We drive back to Charlotte, and the whole way, I'm, we're, having, we're planning to have dinner with his dad and his brothers that night. And so we, like, have to, like, we have a schedule. And as we're driving, he's like, I think we're going to stop off and go to the um, place where I worked at this camp one summer. And I'm like, we got to get there fast because I've got to try to at least fix my hair so I don't look completely ridiculous. I was very concerned. And he just was not in a hurry. And so we, st we get lost. We end up stopping at this camp. And he is like, look at the view. Isn't it beautiful? It's in Mount Airy. And it was so pretty. But all I could think about is meeting some people in his family and feeling like I have done some really bad things on my hair. And so he's like, do you want to get out and walk around? And I was like, honestly, no. I'm feeling really stressed. And he's like, just for a minute. So I get, I finally get out. I'm kind of begrudging this stop. And he gets on one knee with my red hair and late for dinner. And he proposes. And I said, yes. So even with my horrible hair that took a minute to grow out, it was better for the wedding. And I actually had a friend who paid, like, she was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take you to my place. I'm going to have you like, I think it was because of that mistake. She, it wasn't really a gift. I think she just felt really bad for me. <laughs> anyway, that was my engagement story. And today we're talking a little bit about Ruth and Boaz, like the end of, like the beginning of their story together. Um, and so uh, this was a, this was a really interesting week preparing when I usually prepare for a, a lesson that I'm teaching, I, will, I, st I always start looking at the passage and I have my computer open and I write as many questions as I possibly can come up with in the story. And um, usually it's like a couple pages, like why did they do this? And, what it, and then from there, 
I'll start going, okay, well, that's probably a rabbit trail. That's not important. And things rise to the surface and then other things um, I can really dig into and kind of do some more research. And so um, this, this, the last couple of weeks, everything that I kept going, oh, that's really interesting. And it was like, nope, that's not the place we're going. Nope, that's not the place we're going. So I'm here to tell you that um, I have a lot of unanswered questions about this passage, and I do feel like our homework was really good at getting to some of those details. Um, but some of the questions that I've left along the way are like, why the shoe thing? I still don't really understand that. And did Ruth and Boaz have other kids? I don't know. Do we, do we learn about that? Who actually got the credit for the baby, right? Because is it Naomi? Is it the, is it the dead husband? Is it because Boaz is in the genealogy? I don't know. I have no answer for you guys. Um, what did it, did they ever hear from Orpah again? I don't know. I don't know. There are so many questions that I still have left unanswered. And feel free to look those up because, again, we're not talking about that tonight because <laughs> here's where I've landed. There, it's, it's actually really um, stripped down to two very simple and I think applicable takeaways that I just keep coming back to over and over in the last couple of weeks. And that is this. Um, well, first of all, let's look at this. I'm forgetting that I have slides up here. Um, okay, remember this. God is the author. He's the hero. He changes our identity and gives us influence. And so what I really want to look at tonight and what keeps coming back is he is the author. He is the author of our story. And he's the author of all of the story of Ruth, which has so many intricate and um, like tiny details that come together. And so what I keep thinking is remembering that if God is the purposeful author, then there are two things from this passage that I think we see. And that is that we are to wait instead of strive. And we are to remember instead of forget. And I feel like the things that were told to Ruth and Naomi and that, that kind of stood out to me in the passage when all of those other questions go unanswered are those two things, that we are to wait and we're to remember. So first of all, when we're tying things up, there are a couple things that I just think are, are super interesting. And I want to I hear from y'all, what do you think of when, like if there are things... You know when you get to the end of a really good movie and you're like, oh my gosh, I see all the things that they were foreshadowing at the beginning that I just totally had no idea. And so are there any things like that? I just want you to take a second. What things from this story, we talked, I think, over the last couple of weeks about how, um, like how Naomi went away from, when she came back from Moab, she came empty and now in this chapter, we see that she, is, she has been made full, right? With relationship and even the grain that Boaz gives Ruth. And so something like that. Is there anything else that you can see like, oh, I see that. Anything from studying last week or anything that y'all see? Think for a minute. Anybody? What's something else that you saw that came full circle or that you saw at the end that you might have also seen at the beginning. Yeah. Yes. Full circle. So Naomi loses her kids. 
she loses her sons in the very beginning. And at the end, she has Obed, this new baby. Not that it could ever take the place of her kids, but it is that full circle, something that God has redeemed, something that we see come full circle. Is there anything else that you could see? The grain, the fullness, the kids. One other thing I think was interesting. Do you remember when she came, when they came into the, um, into Bethlehem and she says, I'm bitter. And what were all the women, do you remember what they were saying around her? They were like, oh, do you remember? Say it again. You're so blessed. Like you have Ruth and you're so blessed. And then at the end, so that, so she's saying, I'm bitter. The women are kind of observing this. And then at the end, who's around her again? All the women of the town. It comes full circle. And I think those are the things that we, I just would not be able to write such a pretty story, guys. Like God is the one who, because if I were just writing it, then maybe. But to actually have those things happen where all of these things come together into this perfect story, it's only something that the Lord can write. So, okay, so I'm like one second behind on all these. Okay, so what does Naomi say? So, we're, so now we're getting into the two things that I think are important in this, in this passage. So what does Naomi say to Ruth? Ruth goes, last week we talked about how Ruth sleeps at the feet of Boaz. Um, and then in this week, she goes home. She brings grain to Naomi. And Naomi tells her what? She's like, what happened? What happened? And Ruth tells her. And what is Naomi's response? What does she ask of her? What does she tell her to do? She says, wait. She says, wait, because... He'll know what to do. He's not going to, don't rush it. He, he's going to bring about what's going to happen. He won't wait long. It's going to be okay. And when I, um, I just keep hearing this verse and how we are to wait for the redemption of the Lord. There's a point where in, up to this point in the story, these women are working. They're planning. They're thinking strategically. They're taking action, stepping out in faith. And at this point, she says, wait. And at some point, that is really hard. We're not, I don't know about you, I'm not very good about waiting sometimes. It makes me a little anxious. It makes me feel like there's got to be something else I could be doing, right? I should be able to bring about something that's supposed to be happening. Waiting does not feel like enough. Um, and the... And the word that they, that they even use for Boaz will make sure this gets done. He taught, it's the same word as accomplish. And I just think, oh my gosh, we're to wait, to abide, to rest. And the Lord is the one who will accomplish the things. Um, a couple verses that stood out. So this is from Psalm 27, um, which ironically who who wrote this david and what do like they're related this is her great great grandkid who wrote this and he said wait patiently for the lord be brave and courageous yet yes wait patiently for the lord also in psalm 46 i don't have it up there but it says be still 
and know that I am God. In another version, it says, stop striving and know that I am God. I'll be honored by every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. The heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. The Lord says, wait, you don't have to strive. I've got it. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is what the townspeople say. When they, so the village is around. They watch the shoe thing. They watch the other kinsmen say, I'm not interested in redeeming this whole thing. It's just too much. Which, and he's not named. Like all these questions, still, I still have them. But what they say, to, how do they respond to Boaz? How do they respond about Naomi and, and Ruth? Do you remember what they say? What things do they say? There are witnesses to this whole thing. Uh-huh. Yes. Like Rachel and Leah. You know what they're saying? They're saying, remember. Don't forget what God has done way before you. So wait and remember. Um, this is probably a little small on the screen, but it's Lamentations 3, and it's sort of long, but listen for our words tonight, the wait and remember. And remember, okay, so Ruth is in the middle, the story is set in the middle of the book of Judges. So there is all of this bad happening in Israel, and then this bright spark of Ruth. The book of Lamentations is literally a lament the whole way through. And then in the middle, in chapter 3, there's this sweet remembering of something good in the middle of, of the heart. It says, I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. So, um, am I on the right page? Um, when I'm thinking about these two words, to wait and to remember, I think it feels very simple, right? Just wait, just wait. Like we tell, like, you know, I'll tell my kids when we're, when they're little on a trip, just wait, we'll be there soon. It doesn't ever feel soon. It feels long. When I say remember, it's hard to remember the truth of God's promises when the memories of other things feel louder and more, um, more present than his goodness. And in, if I even look back at Naomi's story, what was she having trouble remembering at the beginning? She could not remember God's goodness because her circumstances were too loud. They were too hard. They felt unbearable. And so as I was, okay, so this whole week, as I've been, you know, crossing off everything on my notes to talk about, um, the other thing that kept coming to mind is a song. And so here's what we're going to do today. Um, we're going to take time together to rest 
and to wait and to listen and remember um, as a spiritual discipline together. And so um, I actually have, I play piano, so I have a lot of connections. My girls sing, I have all these connections to people who could come sing for us. Everybody said no, um, <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, but everybody had other things going on or they were out of town or whatever. And so I kept listening and watching this song and, um, and I was like, oh, I'm so sad that I can't have someone sing it. And I, was, I just feel like the Lord wanted us to together listen and watch. And here are some things that I want you to think about as we sit. Um, because it is, it is it, you're going to be like, oh, it's almost over. It's not. It's really long. Um, <laughs> so just sit because it's very purposeful. And here's the purpose. Here's what I want us to think about. Um, where is God calling me to wait? And what is he calling me to remember? His faithfulness is great. And that's what, that is what we need to remember. When I was listening, I mean, I literally listened to the song. I can't even tell you how many times. Um, I was listening Tuesday morning when I got a text from a friend that a baby died. <coughs> I was listening to this song when I heard from a friend that her mom is, or her mother-in-law is dying. Um, this is Naomi's song and this is our song. Um, I just picture Naomi at the beginning of the story where she's like, I am too bitter to remember God's goodness. And I picture her at the end of the story saying, God is good in all circumstances. And ironically, even though nobody could come sing for me, um, the girl who sings, there's two people who mainly sing, it's Maverick City. So we are literally like in this worship service with them. And the girl, who, the main lead girl singer, her name is Naomi. And I didn't even know, put that together until today because I kept watching and going, this is like Naomi's song. This is what I need to sing in all circumstances. So we're going to watch. If you want to shut your eyes, shut your eyes. If you want to sing, sing. There aren't words up, but it's very repetitive. And so we can sing along if you want. Um, if you need to write lists of things to remember, if you need to write places where you're empty, if you need to write places where you're praying for other people who are empty, the, whatever the Lord brings to mind in the next couple of minutes, um, do that. And then I'll close us in prayer. Let's pray. God, we will bless you in famine and in plenty, in empty and in full. Thank you for being faithful when I am not faithful. Lord, thank you for the story of Ruth and Esther and Boaz, and thank you that because we know that you saw them, we can believe that you see us, that when we think about how you led them, we know that you lead us. God, you wrote a beautiful ending to a story and it makes me remember that you are writing a beautiful ending to my story. God, I pray that we would be women who in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the famine, that we can say, I will bless you. Great is your faithfulness. Lord, take the time that we've spent on this book, 
the time that we've spent in your word and remind us of your truth, that we would be women who stand steadfast because of who you are, the author and hero of the story. Lord, use us as people who stand in storms to influence people around us, that we would look different because we can proclaim your glory in the middle of hard times as well as good times. Lord, bless us um, and remind us of your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.